way through the fires and in darkest nights you are close like no other I've known you as a father yeah, I've known you as a friend and I have lived in the good church hallelujah hallelujah <laughs> Ooh, your voices are beautiful house church yeah we do it sounds like there's a thousand people in here and it's lovely hallelujah yes we say yes to that.
like a fire You're the light Burn like a fire, Lord therapy <laughs> and uh, it's all spiritual actually um, all these things we have to help help ourselves and help us uh, enter in <laughs> yeah and yeah I love how the presence, how the presence of, of, of love 
will do within us uh, in short time what would take a real long time with uh, just a sort of a natural sense but I just love how the, the presence of God will connect with us and this house is um, is answering this house is listening <laughs> this house is listening this house is answering this house is joining in in a conversation that has been going on um, since before the beginning of time and we're beginning to access those things and access those things um, by faith and by love <laughs> yes I feel like we should sing some more I, I, I do want that for us I just don't want to go into a whole other song we can see we can continue with this one okay I am healed know that we could shift gears. I don't think we could shift gears like that. Eve's like, yeah, thank you for <laughs> advocating. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you go ahead and have a seat in the, in the house and let these people minister to you. Part of the conversation is not only hearing, but part of the conversation is speaking. It's following the melody that's in your heart, the phrases, the words that are in your heart. It doesn't have to be a complete sentence, and it doesn't even have to sound beautiful or good. It can just it just needs to come from you, because that's what the Father wants to hear. The Father wants to hear what you have to say. And sometimes it's good for you to hear what you want to say. So that's freedom in this house to do that. To lift your voice and lift your phrases. Thank you. For me it's thank you Lord.
It's good. It's good. I think they need to hear some things. So I'm going to minister in English. <laughs> Are you ready? I, I came to exhort and comfort the people of the faith and people uh, in the spirit. So thank you, team. Thank you, guys. Why don't you just clap for them as as they are so great. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Yay. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Uh Uh-huh. There is a spirit of seeing and knowing that's coming into a greater manifestation in this house than it ever has been before. Um, there, I want to talk to you today about the, uh, we have been doing such a, uh, Sarah, come on up here and sit, sit with Tamara. I want you, I want you up here. Come on. Sarah going to be, Sarah needs to be up here. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 Who knows that? Who knows that echoing? Yeah. Hallelujah. If we're going to go that route, let's go with, uh, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captive free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up a well. Spring up a well. In me whole, spring up a well, and give to me that life abundantly. Deep and wide, deep and wide, fountain flowing deep and wide, deep and wide. Deep and wide, there's a fountain flowing deep and wide. Mm, and wide. No. <laughs> Let some things happen in you. Let some things happen in you and for you. Um, there, the, new, the new communication and the new language that is happening and coming into the church is one that includes the whole of the person. So it includes all of you. Um, this is not a place for the pious part of you only. This is a place for your humor, uh, for your memories, for your personality, uh, for your behavior tra- traits, all of these things are now included because the Jesus, the one that did come, that time knows that came in a particular way at a particular time, that is a thing that gave dignity 
to all human flesh in a very material way, in a material way. But then universally, we understand that there's a spirit that proceeds and transcends the historical Jesus character. So the historical Jesus character, yeah, time knows that person, but the spirit knows the universality, the universalness on the horizon of the universal. We have a spirit of Christ. Yeah, so we have transcended or translated, transformed um, by the spirit because the spirit, now the Lord, Paul had a revelation, the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, 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 freedom. Um, there is a conversation that I want us to enter into today. And um, C.S. Lewis and other brilliant storytellers have tried to share this um, other world with us. Um, the great teachers of our time and before our time have tried to um, give us a window into what is possible in, in the things of God. And the church, unfortunately, uh, the religious constructs and systems that men want to control for their own gain um, have suppressed that vision and suppressed that idea to make a person feel that they are less than outside of and separate from the conversation so much so that they um, would encourage a penance, a prayer, a begging, a pleading, a God please. And if we have enough people praying, would you please? And God come. And this idea that we are a very separate and base um, lowly, little, tiny, un insignificant people group. And we have a great, big, big God um, who might lend and tend to hear you if enough of your people pray the same way. This was a way that people have experienced um, God uh, or prayer over the time, but I like the way uh, C.S. Lewis describes the reality. There is a conversation that is already happening. And it's happening in that other realm. It's happening between, if you will, the father and the son. Um, by the Holy Spirit, if you like that construct. There is a conversation that is happening right now that because of our faith and our understanding of identity, we are actually already a part of that conversation. It's a conversation that is happening about our life right here. This life in this realm, in this dimension, with your face and your heart and your unique personality. There is a conversation that is on your behalf. Jesus said, it's so much better for me that I go away so that the spirit can come. 
because I'm only in this like tiny body here and here we are. But when the spirit comes, the spirit will lead you into all truth. The spirit will lead you into all truth for the spirit is that advocate, the comforter, the standby, the strengthener. That's the spirit of truth whom you have received, not the spirit of the world, of chaos and rapidity and, okay, uh, driving, uh, uh, driving, um, self, um, self-abasement, uh, a, a selfless type, uh, a spirit of, it's just not, uh, it's not hard to grasp. It, you know when you're in that versus when you're in the conversation of the holy. You, you get a different kind of a sense of things. When you participate in the conversation that the holy is having on your behalf, you get a sense of um, inflation, that I have confidence, that I am worth something, that I am significant, that I matter in the whole scheme of things. My participation matters. Um, it also <laughs> comes with a little bit of mystery and faith. The construct that I'm trying to move us out of is we have, we have for so long felt here and God is here. And what the Spirit is doing in this house is bringing us into the conversation. And I want you to think friendship. Jesus said this. <laughs> I no more call you servants, but friends. I call, you, I call you friends, but we don't believe that. I'll, we don't believe that. We still believe we are peeling open a very tight-fisted God. We still have a sense that God's face if we were to see a face, um, that this is slightly displeased, borderline frustrated, very busy, and somehow separate, something we need. He, he has what we need, and we need to do the things to get him to do the, the things. I want to invite you to a conversation today, a conversation that's already happening on your behalf. It is a conversation about your good and not evil, to give you a future and a hope, to give you a health and not a, to bring you into the fullest expression of who you are intended to be in the world. There's a conversation. Now, the way Paul said it was that you are seated in Christ in heavenly places. All right, all my Bible people, you got it? You with me? So you are seated in Christ in heavenly places, far above all principalities, powers, mights, and dominion, and every name that is named on this earth, not only on this earth, but that is thing to come. 
And he has given us to be the head over all things, right? That's Paul's revelation about who you are in Christ because you really are seated in a different space, already included in the conversation and drawn into the very, Richard Rohr says, Richard Rohr says the divine dance, the relationship. You're part of it. Table. I want to invite you to this conversation in your prayer life. I want to give you some practical things to do today when you are just you with you and your phone. You and your phone. <laughs> I wonder if the analogies today would, instead of Jesus, the one who sticks closer than a brother, it's the one who's closer than your phone. The one that is closer than the next refresh. The one that sticks closer than... The one whose battery never dies. And the, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Every time you need to refresh, there's something new and exciting to see. It doesn't make you feel worse than you already were going into it. <laughs> I want to invite you to come to, into a conversation where instead of praying, mm, as if this God is way out there, I invite you to see yourself as already part of the conversation of God's very goodness and intention for you and your life and things that concern you. I'd like to invite you to take a position of simply, come on, overhearing what they are saying about you. This is believing, this is believing God's opinion of you settled before time began in and within love. You were settled and established, positioned and, and fashioned in that place and in that conversation where you rightfully belong. What happens here in this dimension is we forget we call it sin, but all that word means is, I have forgotten who I am. I have forgotten my identity. I have temporarily gotten some amnesia, and I have forgotten my ever-loving mind. I have lost myself. <laughs> I have lost myself. And we had called that sin. All right. But I want to invite you to a conversation and, and invite you to remember who you are before you open your mouth to ask for whatever it is you need to ask about. Now, in the old church, for me, in my brand of what I was raised in, they'd say, make sure you get in the spirit before you start to speak or start to ask for the things that you need. Because we have a promise from Jesus that says, if you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, it will be open to you, right? For no one asks his father for a piece of bread and the father would give him a stone, right? How much more will your heavenly father who knows you and loves you will give you good things to those who ask him? And even though he knows what you have need of before you even ask, he invites you to be in the what? 
to be in the conversation. This is why we have a will. This is why we have a brain. This is why we have words to use. Because we're invited to the conversation. Yeah, really. Because the way that it works is the divine plan will not just overtake you and make you do what the divine plan wants you to do. That would be no relationship. What the religion, what religious constructs have tried to tell us is that God is not interested in relationship. God is interested in your morality. God is interested in um, what you do. Good, good, serve, be right, be good, don't have unholy thoughts, don't do unholy things. And that can include anything from going to a skating rink <laughs> to cutting your hair off. See, all these squirrely ideas about what morality is and how we're going to impress and, and love God and serve God has been where we got all these squirrely ideas of like, oh, well, we don't drink caffeine, so um, you're out, and, and we don't, and this is our morality, our list, all of our lists, and everybody's got a different list. Right? But what I want to do with us today is invite you to a conversation to remind you. Now, this is what is about Psalm 23, okay? It invites you to still waters, to restore your soul, all right? This whole idea of still waters. What can you do when you are standing, sitting, kneeling over still water? What do you see? Your reflection. Take yourself to roaring rapids. What do you see? If you were to lean over, let's think, let's think of ourselves over a little waterfall in Colorado somewhere. And the water is flowing, and it's flowing fast, and you were to stand by it. What do you see? Rocks, water, foam, white stuff. Yeah. It's only when, what do you, what do you say? Do you need preaching with me? Uh-huh. But when it gets still, now I can see. I can see myself, and I can see what's beneath the surface. So the conversation invites you, my house, to get still. That's step one. When you do not know what to do, when you do not know how to think, when you are feeling some kind of way that you cannot describe, but you know it ain't right, you don't feel right. What's number one? Get still. And why do we do that? To remember who we are and the conversation to which we've been invited. To remember that before time began, you were established in the beloved, as the beloved, seated in Christ in Paul's language, to carry out the ages before us in relationship and in conversation. So when you get still, however that looks for you, the next thing that will begin to emerge is all the words. See, this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. 
the Holy Spirit will begin to lead you into all truth and remind you of everything that Jesus has ever said about you. Start to remind you and restore you. Why is that word restore right next to still water? Because rest is key. The rapids of life will keep you in turmoil. They're interesting. They're exciting. But for you to really get back to who you are and whose you are, you've got to get still. You've got to get still. And why don't we do that? We're scared. We're, we're scared of what we're going to see there. Sure. You want to kind of uh, push them down. Yeah. When we get still, we start to see what's really there. I want to invite you to a conversation today. A conversation that's already happening on your behalf. We call it prayer. But I want you to think about it as if you're stepping into, this is how, this is how I want us to do this this week. As if you're, you've stepped into a room, Stina and I know this very well. <laughs> We're always like, match my tone, match my volume. We're not screaming in here. Like, walk in. A mature person, right, will walk into a room where other people are and discern what kind of conversation is already happening. When you walk into a room and people are already talking, do you just rush in and start talking about your own thing when two people are engaged in a conversation? <laughs> no, you approach patiently, standing by, Listening, listening, get still, listen, and then when you're invited, you join the conversation. All right, and what, and, and it, then what, what does the, the person of discretion do? What are y'all talking about? Oh, you, oh, you were talking about this other thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was there too. I saw that. Now I'm the power is equal. I'm not saying, "Oh, would you please tell me what you were talking about? Would you just please tell me?" No, I've been invited into the conversation and now everything that they've been discussing is now part of what I'm discussing and I get to add my opinion. This is prayer. Think Friendship. So as you get still, you're concerned, you're chaotic, you're anxious, whatever the case is, you're getting still with God. Now what should maybe your next posture become? Well, who do you say that I am? I'm feeling this. 
I'm experiencing that. Lord, would you tell me what you would want to do? This is a, this is a primary prayer of mine. I think I want to do this. Do you think that's a good idea? I'd really like to know what you think about what I'm getting ready to do. Would you lead me and show me? Because you know that the Spirit will let you do whatever you want to do. (laughs) And will never, ever leave you and never, ever forsake you. But wouldn't you like to just um, move around some of the hardship and heartache? (laughs) Wouldn't you like to just kind of follow the shepherd and let him lead you? Well, he does that by still waters. What does the psalm say? He leads me by still waters. See that? The leading comes in the still water. The leading comes by the still water. And even as Jesus, we understand to go into storms and so on and said that in this life you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome this world system because all of us work within systems, systems that are locked up, hung up, can't move, okay? But I want to invite this house to join the conversation, the conversation that the Spirit is having on behalf of your workplace, that the Spirit is having on behalf of your body, on behalf of your health. And I want to invite you to come home. I want to read this short story um, that has really moved my heart um, this week, and then um, we will have an opportunity to engage with these words and see if within us we can answer and accept the invitation to the conversation. This morning on a call with a a small group of guys, this is um, shared from a pastor, um, cisgender, straight um, pastor in the Midwest um, in his late 40s. This morning on on a call with a small group of guys, I shared a story from the life of Father Henry Nowen. I shared the story in response to a longing each of the young men in their own way expressed at some point on the call. As the story goes, by Nowen's own telling, he had come to an emotional psychological breaking point in his life, a seemingly terminal moment in which he found himself reeling from an unrequited love. Compounding the moment's anguish was a detail Nowen never overtly acknowledged in his writings or otherwise. Yet one, yet one, those of us who knew and loved, sorry, and loved the beloved late priest's work all have easily surmised. His anguish, the anguish of a love that could not be, was experienced within the complicated context of Henry's very hidden homosexuality. Nowen frequently shared the story of that dark night, a night where he found himself ultimately broken and bereft of any peace, a night where he, steeped in unbearable grief, repeatedly cried out to God that he simply wanted to go home 
now and recounted how he, having lost any sense of time and space, at some point in that dark night of his soul, saw a vision. A vision so real it seemed not a vision. Before him was another small cottage. And standing at the open door of that humble cottage was someone he instantly knew to be God. In the vision, Henry noticed something unusual about the cabin's walls. They were pulsing. Within seconds, Henry understood the cottage was his own sad and empty heart. A heart beating out the pained rhythmic cadence of his despair. As the vision continued, God broke the silence, kindly smiling and gently inviting, come home, Henry, come home. Now and remembered how he viscerally cried out from the floor where he laid, no, I can't, I can't live there. I have been running from that place my entire life. It could never be my home. As he broke, weeping, a melting glacier of shame, self-loathing, cruel religious guilt, and familial rejection, Henry said, God replied to his sad heart, Why, Henry? Why would you say such a thing? Your heart is my home. If I can live happily and peacefully here, surely you can. Now, come on, Henry, come home. Those who knew him best say now and spent the years following that fateful night, the remaining years of his life trying to accept that invitation. As one of Henry's biographers noted after the priest's untimely death, Henry wrote more than 40 books about God's love. He could never fully live. And Henry lived a book with his life he could never fully write. As I ended my sharing with my friends this morning, we were silent for a good bit. I was under no illusion that Nowen's story would be the perfect antidote for those young men's losses, no quick and simple remedy for their grief. Yet I trusted they would resonate. Finally, one of the young fellows broke the silence, offering, I suppose in our lives, there are more homes than one, but I have never thought of my life as having always been the home of God. I was taught that God would only live there by an invitation, an invitation I would have to make after coming to some pivotal moment in my childhood of accountability. And then God would come in, but would immediately wipe the floors and walls clean, bringing his own furniture and decorations. I have lived my whole life knowing in spite of my public and pressured youth camp invitations, I really have never invited God into my own queer heart. I haven't because I knew he wouldn't accept the invitation. And even if he did, 
he wouldn't stay long. I'm going to have to sit for a while, I think, with the idea that God actually has always been there. That he doesn't need my invitation. That instead, he has been inviting me to live there. This seems right. Or at least I want it to be, but it, it also seems too good to be true. Man, there are a lot of voices in and around my heart saying a lot of things. They drown out that voice that Henry Nowen says he heard, but I want to hear it. I would love to come home. You don't have to be gay to hear this message. God has always been there inviting you to the conversation, inviting you to the relationship, inviting you to participate in your significance. I pray that this week your prayer life would consist of you listening, getting still, and then beside still waters, letting that one restore your soul and lead you in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Would you stand with me? Grandma used to sing, I've received an invitation from the glorious King of Kings, and I am going to be there. You remember that one, Robin? <laughs> Grandma said it, it, it went, her grandmother would sing that while she was ironing at the ironing table. I received an invitation from the glorious King of Kings, and I am going to be there. And grandma, my grandma said she'd squall and bawl. That's what she said. She'd squall and bawl and cry on the floor because she said, Grandma, where are you going? I don't want you to go anywhere. <laughs> We've received an invitation from the wonderful love of the cosmos. And I wonder if we can enjoin that conversation today by the, uh, the symbol of community and, and communion, the uh, lighting of the candles at the cross. Perhaps you have something in your heart that you want to say to God and you don't quite have the words. You can just light a candle, stand there, contemplate and reflect. Eve, would you come? Um, do you remember in that song? No. <laughs> what are you singing?
receive that invitation today. I receive it for myself, and I receive it for you to come home to our hearts where God has always been. You can write a journal card over here. You could take up a card, write it, go back to your seat, write on it for a little while, and return it to the basket for a later time for you to take up. You can also drop a, a, a burden in the water, drop a rock in the water as an, a symbol, an indication that you are letting something go today that maybe you've needed to let go and of course, uh, then when you're finished interacting with these two tables, you can come to the communion table. We come to this table every week to remind ourselves that we are a people of forgiveness and to remind ourselves that we're a part of something bigger um, than ourselves. Everybody's invited to the table. You don't have to be a member of this church. You are more than welcome to come. The only thing that I ask is that you want to. I just want you to want to. so that people might continue to be by still waters. God bless you as you come. <laughs> 